is the Brooklyn Podcast with my friend Ari David. Always a pleasure. Uh, I shout out to our law firm, Lurie & Associates. So we uh, focus on real estate and business litigation. We love it. Uh, we strategize our cases. We like to think about the big picture and how we can best obtain the best results for the clients and uh, obviously in consideration of their costs and their fees and uh, also structuring everything that, that just the right way. Look, you know, it's, it's hard to always have a complete win uh, in every case, but you know what? As we learn in business school, there's a difference between a good decision and a good outcome, right? Generally speaking, however, it's fair to say the good decisions lead to good outcomes, right? I mean, for example, it, you can have uh, a situation where you, you're in, in a certain town and you uh, are... In your workplace, you're bullied all the time. You're harassed, you're bullied, and uh, they basically um, force you to be fired, and uh, you leave, and it's a horrific situation. And, and you end up deciding to move, and you end up going to a different town, a different state for that matter, and for some reason, you just make bank. You make so much money. It's, but that's not, that doesn't mean that the previous harassment and the previous hostility was a good thing, right? It may have led to it. It doesn't mean that it was a good thing. So decisions versus outcomes. Um, likewise with the lottery, for example. It's even a better example. You can make uh, the, the decision to buy a lottery ticket. is not a good one. But if you win it, the outcome is great, right? But that doesn't mean, it doesn't make the decision a good one. It just means you had a good outcome. And I can play this game all the time. But all we are left with are making good decisions. This, that's, that's the way you have to proceed with life. And that's the way we, we um, focus on our, on our business and our practice. We, we think about good decisions. Now, speaking about good decisions, <laughs> uh, and, and it's not just the Obama administration, although they are complicit in this department. You know, there are some strange goings on right now when it comes to the gay marriage repercussions. Now, you and I, Ari, on this podcast and on my Sunday show, talked about how there are going to be consequences associated with gay marriage. We, I think we said, you know, is this it for gay marriage? In sorry, for marriage, generally speaking, in terms of all the issues? Are there, is there going to be anything else that, that comes down the line? Is it going to be incest? Is it going to be polygamy and such? Um, and then uh, we wondered aloud about whether or not there's going to be um, some sort of blowback whereby people are, uh, churches are now required to perform gay marriages, right? Or other kind of crazy things that are going on. And you and I talked about this, and we said, you know, that's something that's going to happen way down the line, maybe five years hence. We, we were very cautious about it. We, we felt actually we were being very liberal and conservative at the same time when we estimated our five-year estimate. And I frankly thought that was too soon. I thought, wow, we're really being aggressive here that, that this kind of stuff is going to happen in five years. All right. I would say that that prediction happened about three months ago, meaning in the, the middle of 2014 for reference later on. You know, Ari sent me an article 
today. Uh, and the title is as follows. Christian chapel owners reportedly threatened with jail time and fines for refusing to marry gays. Uh-oh. So, look, maybe this is a truly anecdotal thing. Maybe it's just one crazy person threatening this. Uh, but, you know, this is also on the heels of a, another story in Houston, where the Houston mayor, the mayor's office at least, is demanding uh, churches to provide drafts of their sermons to the city so they can scrutinize it for any anti-gay language. Because, you know, there is a new ordinance that prohibits any sort of anti-gay sentiment out there. It's, uh, I guess they're treating it like well, a hate crime or something. had to do with gender bathrooms. One of those, you can use whatever gender's bathroom you feel like on that day. Sure. And so the, the city council and the mayor passed and signed this bill. The city's citizens rightly reacted poorly to this by drafting a uh, signature drive to put a ballot initiative on the ballot for the next election to overturn this. They gathered enough signatures, but the, the city fathers' offices refused to, to certify the signatures yeah. and put this on the ballot. And then the retaliation is from the mayor's office to scrutinize these different um, Sermon, pastors, sermons, yeah. uh, churches to see if any political electioneering went on with them in order to gain these illegitimate signatures. Yes, of course. Uh, and, and of course, it's, it's going to happen to uh, synagogues as well, although, of course, I'll grant you there's not as many synagogues in Texas as there may be churches, but that's neither here nor there. It, it shouldn't matter. Uh, this is so offensive that, that the notion that it didn't even dawn upon them that this might be a violation of both aspects of the First Amendment, not just the freedom of a uh, speech, but also the freedom of religion. This is really uh, just so shocking that they thought they could get away with this. And, you know, eventually this, this will be handled one way or the other. Either they'll, they'll drop it or it will be pursued in the, the circuit courts and then, of course, the United States Supreme Court. But it's such an easy answer. I mean, it, this would be a, a, a 9-0 decision, easily. Um, and then the Houston issue, uh, sorry, the, the, the recent issue with the, the, uh, the churches, issue. the Idaho issues, where they're threatening to fine them or penalize them for refusing to perform gay weddings. You know, just don't, don't, don't forget that just a few months ago, you and I were talking about how they uh, were seeking to penalize um, business owners who refused to provide, let's say, floral arrangements for a gay wedding or bakery services for a gay wedding, and, and, and the other, there was another one for photography services at a gay wedding, right? They wanted to go after them real hard. And we said on this uh, show and otherwise that this is, of course, a violation of everything that you can imagine, putting aside that you, you, you don't have to do work for anybody. I, you know, we, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone, so to speak, right? No shoes, no shirt, no service, and we banned slavery as a nation, I believe, in 1865. Right. That, that, that's exactly right. And they would have you forced to work in order to justify their, their new thing. They, they, they would never require this to say, you must now provide, I don't know, uh, services for a Korean wedding. You don't want to? You don't want to. Hey, I don't, want, I don't feel like it. I, I don't, I, I mean, it, it's so palpable. I use that word a lot, I know. But 
if an atheist refused to perform at a bris because he didn't believe in a, in, in a bris service, a bris is a Jewish circumcision ritual for a baby boy when he's uh, eight days old. Um, if an atheist decided that that uh, kind of hurt him morally for some reason, do you think that, uh, that, that the Jewish couple would then insist and try to require him to perform the services as if he were the only photographer out there? I mean, what, what stupidity? I mean, why, why not go give it to a photographer who wants to support gay marriage, who wants to get, make money uh, you know, providing photo photographic services at a, at a ceremony like that? It it's, a, it's, so, it's so idiotic. I, I, and, and obviously they're trying to push for it in order to, to force thought control, to force people's behavior. That's what it's about. As if someone... And, and think of how it undermines the entire sanctity of the ritual, no matter what side of the political equation you are. The reason that a homosexual same-sex marriage is sold to us is so these people who are left out in the cold of sanctified ritual can participate in the holiness of sanctified ritual. Yeah. And when we, by definition, engage in sanctified ritual, we only want people who are willing participants. Right. Do you ever have a wedding and invite, at, not as a guest, but as a high-level participant in it, priest, rabbi, photographer, girl, photographer, baker, someone who has nothing but scorn for what you're doing? Yeah, it's exactly. It's, that it's, is idiotic. It's idiotic. I mean, for example, I mean, let, let's let's do the ceremony, shall we? All right, I'm, I'm now a pastor who's been forced to marry a, a gay couple in front of me. Okay, so now, the, the, you know, you can almost feel the, the law of the gun at his head, and he's looking around saying, okay, John, do you want to marry this guy? And he says, yeah, yeah, I really do. All right, whatever. <laughs> Robert, you, what about you? Yeah, you too? All right, okay, whatever. Uh, by the state of Idaho, you guys are, uh, whatever, married. Right, I'm out of here. Bye. Yeah, I, why would you want that? Yeah, why would you want, wait, wait. Yeah. Why would you want that, yeah, right. right? This is putting aside the entire issue of whether or not gay marriage is appropriate, whether it's good for society, bad for society. Let's, let's say it's good for society, okay? Just put that all aside. This is a, a completely a separate issue. Why would you force people to do things for you, as you say, on a high-level basis, that don't want to be there, right? What, what idiocy. I, I don't want any of my employees to work for me who don't want to be here. Who hate you. Who, who hate me and hate everything I... Let's say, let's say they hate all lawyers or whatever, or, or they hate me as a lawyer, or, or hate me as a boss, or hate me as a person, or hate me as a Jew, uh, whatever. They're anti-Semitic, let's say, <laughs> Right? And they just seething. And, and, and I say, you sit there, you mother frigger, and you just do it, right? No, I'm going to say, you know what? This is not working out. You obviously don't want to be here. I, I can sense your hostility. Uh, there are a lot of other people who would be delighted to sit in that chair and, 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 and receive the, uh, the generous amount of hourly rate that I'm paying you. So bye-bye. See ya. Why, why do I need that tension? Why would you invite that into your own wedding? Yeah, right? this, is, this is supposed to be a special day, right? Yeah. I mean, the example I just gave is, uh, is, is a daily routine, right? Which is, you know, unpleasant enough if, if you have one person not, you don't enjoy seeing every day. But are, don't you want, you know, if, 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 if you're gay or heterosexual, why would you want somebody 
to officiate your wedding that just can't stand the idea of you two getting married? Just to stick it to them? What the frig? What, why would you do that to yourself? Just, what, what, is that later amusing to you? Is that, is that the idea? And, and when you have the wedding photography book, presumably about the photographer who doesn't want to take the, the photographs, right? Uh, then you get to say, hi, honey, isn't that great how we stuck it to that pastor? And look at these beautiful photos of that photographer who didn't want to take pho photographs. <laughs> look at what a great job he did. Um, and then they all laugh. Yeah, what are you going to do? Complain that they're out of focus? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and then the funniest Yeah, and that's, thing, the, that's the other lawsuit. Yes. So that, that's, the second, that's the next lawsuit that comes <laughs> on. If, they, if they're not pristine and they're not done just perfectly, and of course, the, you know, everyone has complaints about their wedding album, right? So then the gay couple will wonder, or whatever the couple is, they'll wonder, did he purposely try to not take the best pictures? We think so. And so now you have a lawsuit that stems out of that. Yeah. And I can see the lawsuit now. You know, John Smith photographers refused to, uh, you know, definitely fell on their duty uh, to, to uh, provide the best services possible. And just look at this judge. Isn't this awful? Screwed up the white balance, screwed up the f-stops, didn't do his aperture right. Right. All sorts. Of, he used a wide-angle lens and made me look fat. Right. So, so, but, but let's, let's go to the, the next, because it's, it's inherently absurd, this whole discussion, isn't it? And it, it has nothing to do with the propriety of gay marriage in our civilization. But here's the next step that I want to take us to. Here we go. What is it about this, this, this extra step? Like, like we said before, we predicted this would happen far later than it's actually happening. This is happening not years, not just one Weeks. year. Weeks. Yeah, but literally weeks after we predicted it. Okay, now you may say, Mr. Lurie, Mr. David, you know, this is an anecdotal situation. And we say to you, really? Okay, so tell me, we, we have four anecdotal situations. One is the photographer, the baker. Well, one photographer, uh, two bakers. Two bakers, right, and, and a florist. And now, this, now they're attacking the, the, the actual pastors. And when we brought this up to you, my, our dear liberal friends, you seem to be okay with forcing the photographer and forcing the baker and forcing florist. Uh, the florist. You were okay with that. I don't know why, but, and we told you, what's, what's the difference between that and forcing the reverend or the pastor or the rabbi, rabbi to do this? Why not do that? And we predict that that'll be the case. And they guffawed, guffawed, I tell you. They grimaced and, and mocked us to say, of course, that would never happen. But here we are. Here we are, just weeks later. Okay, now, the, 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 the joy that I have is in showing it dramatically right now. Because if it happened five years from now, as we had predicted, we would have to remind people, hey, honey, my wife, for example, you remember how I predicted to you a long time ago that, that they would force priests and reverends and pastors to, to, to perform gay marriages? Nah, I don't remember. Well, I did. I did. I, I swear I did. Yeah, sure thing, Barack. Well, this is only weeks later. My wife, my friends, they can't, they can't deny that I predicted this. And by the way, we have it on podcast anyway. But this is, this is how fast it's happening. Now, let's get to the main point, and that is, what sort of backlash do you think this is going to have? And, and why is it happening so fast? It's so, it's, it's like they can't leave well enough. And when I say they, they, I don't mean the gay community. I mean liberals. 
when they get what they want, whether it's gay marriage or uh, some sort of other business regulation or environmental goody that they want, they don't stop there. And they never say thank you. Yeah, that, that, that's right. That's, it's, it's, it's enough. I'm yeah. happy. That's right. It's never the end. It's right. uh, it's uh, the progressive. It's, the progressive train is a runaway train. It just keeps on going. That's why it's called progressive because it has to progress. <laughs> that's right. They have to 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 go forward like a shark needs to keep on moving forward, right? And they, it's just greed. Yeah. Talk about it. They, they accuse us of greediness, right? But they're the really greedy ones. They they can't leave well enough alone. They can't say. You know, now that I've, I've earned the right to adopt a child, let's just focus on civil unions. And let's see, let's, let's just some, take some time, let that absorb into society, let people realize that a gay couple is just the same as a heterosexual couple. And let's let that simmer for about 10 years, maybe 20 years. And then we'll say, hey, what do you think about letting us marry? Okay, but, but no, they had... You know, the whole liberal community, not just the gay community. No, no, no. It's the liberal community. Uh, you, you think it's just the gay community, but it's far beyond that. And, and that is an important distinction to make because my, my friends in the gay community, you're being used. This is opportunistic by not you. Not you. I, I believe that you are genuine in your belief that this is good for you and good for society, or at least it doesn't have any impact on society and it's, it's good for the advancement of society generally speaking. I believe that you believe that. I'm good with that. But don't think for a moment that the liberals are not using you. This is an opportunity for them. It's an opportunity to change the rules, to undermine structure. Yeah, to engage in lawfare. Because it's not just... Oh, we have this right. Now let's find willing participants. It's, oh, we have this right. Let's find unwilling participants and destroy them. Right. And that's what's happening with the, the, the pastors in particular. What happens, for example, when you are forced, forced to marry people that you don't want to marry? So much for the joy in providing the marriage service, right? The ceremony. That's one of the great blessings of of being a, a pastor, a reverend, or a rabbi. They'll, any, any one of them will tell you that's, that's the, the most fun. This is where they really kind of shine, and this is where they, they really feel like they're doing God's work. You take that away for that, or they, they, you tell them this is what you really need to do. I mean, imagine, I imagine it's a little bit like the doctors now that are being told, no, this is the procedure you have to do. Do it, right? Whether it's under Obamacare or by the insurance regulations, but certainly under Obamacare, they're telling the doctor, here's how you're going to do it, and here's how much you're going to charge, and here's how much time you can spend with the patient. And some of those procedures have moral obligations that the doctor might not want, like yeah. an abortion. Right. But I don't do abortions. Tough, you got it. You got to do it, right. So just imagine how uh, undermining it is to the doctor's morale, and now we're doing the same thing to the reverends and the pastors and the, the rabbis. And, and uh, my point is that they just go so far, so quickly. It's not enough. It's literally weeks later that they push for the next thing. You know, I, I just, you know, if, if I were a true strategist, and, and, you know, it's never a conspiracy thing like that, but there is, you know, general, there's, there's movement. It's a movement, but it's, it's a mob movement, you understand? It's not as if 
uh, Nancy Pelosi and a lot of the heads of the liberals get together in, in such and such city and say, okay, here's the ultimate strategy. In January, we're going to demand this right, and then assuming that, that we get forward with that, then on March 12, we'll move with this right and, and plan it all out. It's not like that. Of course not. But there is a mob mentality that goes with it. And like all mobs, you can't control them. They have a life of their own. And once they get one thing, they just get stronger. They get more energized. Example, the French Revolution, right? This is a huge, it's one big mob mentality after another. And as soon as they got a little bit of what they wanted, they, they got emboldened even more. It's not as if you give them a little bit and then they say, good enough, we'll go home now. It never's like that. They want more and more and more. And so it is with the liberal mob. That's what it is. Yeah, it's like a forest fire. Yeah. And each tree gets consumed, it grows in power, and then it needs more oxygen and more fuel. That's and right. And it, it will seek it out, and it will find it. That's, there's too many, too many analogies here. It, it must be fed, and you can't, uh, you can't feed it by waiting. You can't tell the fire, hey, you've consumed a lot so far. Let's, uh, let's wait five years before you move on, hop the fence or whatever it is. No, it needs it now. Thank yeah. you. Now. And another way. Wait, wait. Yes. It needs it right now. Yes. And uh, this is what's happening and it's not just the gay rights movement. This, is not, this whole discussion, in reality, is not even about gay rights. It's not about that at all. It's not about gay marriage at all. It's a vehicle. That's what it is. And so we saw this with, uh, and just recently, there was a, an article I talked about in my, on my Sunday show, with, which is the, uh, the incest issue. These two brothers decided to, to, uh, to act uh, in a pornography video together. And they do it routinely, apparently. And they say, no big deal. They're twins, as it turns out. And the whole thing is so disgusting. But nevertheless, they argue like, well, what's the big deal? You know, it's a taboo of society. And, you know, I argued on the show what Dennis Prager has always argued and what, what's kind of obvious from the Bible. The reason why we have this taboo against incest, it's not just because it's disgusting. It's, it's, why is it disgusting? We've made it disgusting. We've said... We take sex right out of the family, you know, other than a husband and wife, of course. But we take that out. The last thing that a mother wants, she, she gives birth to a, a little girl, right? And, and then and they say, oh, it's a little girl. And then the mother thinks, is my husband going to sleep with this girl as soon as she's of age? Right? That's terrifying. Likewise, with brother and sister, is, is, is the older brother now going to you know, do what's what with, with the uh, little girl? His sister. This that would it would destroy the family. That's why. That's why we have incest laws. Okay. It, does that make sense? But the whole article about this was about exploring the evolutionary basis against incest, because you know it was so. But they they proposed the idea that it was actually seductive and attractive. No, it's it's not. It, it just needs to be closed. That's the whole point. And without the family, you have no society. It's one of those things where it's good to be approved. That's why yeah. well, prudishness exists, to stop things like that. Yeah. I mean, we call it approved, because, but, but we know the reason why incest laws are, 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 are... Likewise with polygamy. Polygamy is extremely destructive. That's why we have polygamy laws. Not because it's, we don't like to, to have four wives or th three husbands or whatever the case may be. It's because it's destructive. Yeah, it, it, it creates, 
It, it unravels the fabric of society. That's why. And, and, and they, it never enters their mind to think in those terms. They can only think in evolutionary terms. Right, and, and progressive terms, meaning not, uh, not progressive left-wing ideology, right. but to progress, meaning, okay, once we've cleared the hurdle of cleansing people's palate of the bad taste of what you just described, right. now we can go to the next wonderful imaginative thing right. that's horrifying to the squares of society. Right. And ironically, the, the word progressive has a nice ring to it, right? You feel like you're somehow climbing, but in fact you're descending and it's actually all about destruction. Everything about progressivism is actually about destruction. And it, it, you may think, my good liberal friends out there, that, for example, Obamacare yeah, is building up a whole new system, right? That's, that, that will be their argument. I know their arguments very well. And we'll say, no, you've actually destroyed the existing structure. That's what you've done. You call it a new structure, but it's an ugly structure. And it's a, an old way of thinking. It is a tired old idea of the past. Uh, maybe this idea is profoundly brilliant. I hope what I'm about to say is. But you know how when we've talked about the different progressive movements that have been taken to the nth degree, they always result in the year zero, whether it's Stalin, Soviet Union, Mao's China, or Pol Pot's Cambodia. And they say it. We're now at year zero. We can start again. What's interesting about progressivism is it's always year zero. As soon as they progress to the next hurdle, they reset the clock at zero and start pushing right. for a new day to begin again. Right. As, as, as if nothing has ever occurred in the past. Right. Uh, but, but let's, I, I agree with you, of course, um, and they, they have a very short-term memory. And they continue to talk about uh, white racism as if it's somehow so prevalent. And we, and we need to, to draw as much attention to it and devote as many resources to it as though it were the year 1942. I mean, it's, it's, it's just bizarre. So, but, but we were talking about how it is and why it is that they can't stop just and, and accept a, a great result for what it is. And in this case, you know, from the liberal perspective, the Supreme Court has more or less said gay marriage is fine. Yeah, we're, we're not going to we're not going to fight it. OK. Yeah. And, and they, they, they left some room open for that. But as a practical matter, time will go forward. And and then it will be such a fait accompli uh, that, uh, that they really won't be able to say anything else. They're not going to start suddenly say after millions of uh, gay marriages that somehow gay marriage is, is unconstitutional. I, I predict that won't be the case. And that's not a hard prediction. So uh, you would expect that that would be a great result. They you know, can celebrate that. You can have the parties, and, and everyone is kissing each other, and isn't this wonderful? Okay. And then, okay, you know, just take that victory and don't overdo it. Okay? But then they just keep on pushing. It's as if they feel that this victory, and it is a victory, uh, is an encouragement to them to keep on going. Go further young man, and, and continue to force people to perform these ceremonies, to force people to think like you, to force people to, to have their kids learn crazy stuff in school, crazy stuff. And, and even my, my very strong liberal friends, uh, they, they agree with, with our concern, for example, when the, the, the state of California requires public schools to teach famous gay personalities in history. Uh, age appropriate, of course, and I don't know if there's a cutoff or anything else, but really? Like what, you would never teach, you know, have a, uh, a chapter devoted to famous blacks in history. 
although they have Black History Month, but, but, but requiring it as a mandate, that's, that's new. They don't have uh, a chapter for famous Jews in history, and there are plenty of those, and, and for women in history. They don't mandate that. Why not? Why not, why not Asians in history? Hispanics. There are a lot more of them than there are gays, right? But somehow we're required to learn this, to normalize this, to completely alter our mindset. And, and you might say that the response to that, I think I know what the response is. Well, you know, Barack, it's because it, they're trying to change the mindset of young people to think of that as somehow deviant and to instead normalize it. And that's important because that's different. And I say to you, not so much. Why is that so different than, than teaching a child that uh, somebody who is Hispanic or black or other minority is no different than you and me, right? And which is more, which is more important? And obviously the latter is more important, okay? And uh, this is, so, that, so they push and they push and it's like, we, we don't realize we're dealing with this mob. And, and we don't know what's next, Ari. I mean, I, frankly, they've already, gone, they've already entered into all the predictions that we made. Well, but we do know what's next, Barack, and we've talked about this. No, but let me, let me, let me, yeah, I want to I get to that. But we've, they've entered into every single prediction because I want to say what our predictions were. We said that polygamy was next, polygamy, uh, became next. We, we now see court decisions saying that polygamy, mm, not so bad, right? They're, they're kind of turning a blind eye to it. Yeah, the one of this and one of that. That's a tired old the idea of the past. Let's go to multiples. That's right. No problem. Um, and, then, uh, and then there's de facto polygam polygamous arrangements, which, you know, you, you, the law says, you know, you're not allowed to do indirectly what you can't do directly, right? So if you have a polygamous arrangement by contract or otherwise, it's still polygamy. Right, but they—that's fine, no problem. Just don't get married beyond two people. Yeah, and then there was the dog. I sent you that article several the, months right. ago. Bestiality, right? So that—that that seems to be of no consequence to anyone because the reality is, hey, what harm is it to your marriage, right? If that's the answer, well, then bestiality is perfectly fine. And then we have the incest thing. We just talked about that, right? That—that's the door is wide open there. And then we said uh, people are going to start to be forced to entertain and to perform services for gay marriages. Well, that happened. And then we said, wow, I wonder if, and we predict that, they're going to start forcing clergy to perform gay marriages. And we thought it was going to be five years from now, and instead it's happening now. And I ask are my listener, and I ask you, Ari, you know what? I don't know what's next. All I know is that there's going to be a next. What is it? I, I'm just, maybe it's just a question that it's going to be a lot more of the same, the same stuff, forcing clergy, uh, forcing people to perform professional services at gay weddings and otherwise. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's going to be a question of forcing landlords to have so many percentages of gay people in their apartment complexes. Who knows? How is, it, how is this going it, to, it's going to continue on. That's the only thing we do know, as you said, is the progressive monster is a powerful one and it doesn't stop. And they're easy to predict in, in this way. Yes, we cannot predict the exact details, but we can predict a cloud of details. And what I mean by that is, 
if we use our mind and warp it and use our, the sick aspects of our darkest parts of our personality to imagine what the most horrifyingly perverse, dis disgusting thing is, you know that's what they'll come up with. Yeah. Because they are predictable. They, they always come up with the most perverse, horrible idea. The idea of, uh, you know, making uh, one gender in, in elementary schools use either type of bathrooms with adults of the other gender just because people feel like it in the moment. Yeah. Um, forced, uh, there's in one, I didn't talk to you about this one, there's stories of same-sex couples of either genders Mm -hmm. adopting children or having children through in vitro of the opposite gender that the couple is and then performing, finding doctors and surgeons both in this country and other countries to reverse the gender of underage children without their choice. Okay, well, that's... I mean, unbelievable th stuff. That's, that seems truly crazy. And, uh, but, uh, I, you know, I, I've come to a point where I, I wonder... What can't happen? I just don't know. It, it would never dawn on us, let's say 30 years ago, that we would have, we, it wouldn't dawn on us 30 years ago that there would be a concept of gay marriage, let alone that if you were against it or expressed concern about it, that you would be deemed a bigot and a, a homophobe and all the terrible things that you, they could describe you. Nobody thought about that either. So this, what you just said, it seems crazy to me. It, 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 frankly, it does. It should sound crazy. And it is crazy, right? Yes. And it's, it's horrific to both of us. To, to anybody listening, it's liberal or, or conservative. I know that everyone listening to that is saying, well, I, I also agree, Barack, that this is uh, horrific. That, that should never happen. And yet, the door is opening, isn't it? And let me explain. When you start telling people that they just do whatever they want to do. They, they, they are whoever they want to be. If they feel like a girl, well, then by golly, they, they're a girl. If they feel like a boy, then by golly, they're a boy. And, and, and mixing all this gender stuff, well, then, then what's to stop a parent from saying, well, Charlie here feels like he should be Charlene and vice versa. And it's no big deal. Who are you to tell him not to be Charlene? And, well, he has to wait till he's 18, sir. How could you say that? Charlene wants to be Charlene now. And this is his God-given right. Not that God would be involved in the, in the equation at all. But I can see the argument. It's very easy. I mean, same thing with, um, uh, you know, you would, you would never tell a, 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 um, a young, young child who decides that he's probably gay. You would never tell him, uh, you, you know, you can't even think like that. You can't even uh, go out on a date with another boy. You would never think about that, right? You wouldn't never expect that parent to have to tell him to wait till he's 18, right? That, I mean, that's kind of obvious right now. But, but that argument will be the same when it comes to a sex change operation, especially when the sex change operation is going to be easier and easier and cheaper with time. And Obamacare paying for it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's you know I would say that's so impossible to believe, and yet we live in an age where I think I'm just no longer surprised. This this article that you sent to me earlier today, and then of course the Houston situation. If if you were to take us 30 years ago and 
and, and then show us a newspaper. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll tell you that it's electronic in it's the future. A printout. A printout of uh, the thing and saying, here's what the news is going to be like in the year 2014, my friends. You would say, no way. That's crazy. Something happened here that must have twisted everything. Either this is an April Fool's joke. This is there's no way that this yeah it's like, like the news of the weird or the World Weekly News. Some yeah. nutso tabloid right. from the bad old days of nutso tabloids. Right. And yet here we are. Yes. Here we are. And and this is part of the purpose of our podcasts, right? Is is to give this perspective, to pull away from you know imagine a camera if you will that you know just looks at one small part of the the town. And it lifts up and up and up and up. And then what happens, of course, is you see a bigger landscape. And then eventually you see a town, the whole town. Then you eventually see the whole state. Then you see the whole country. And then a multitude of countries. Then a whole hemisphere. And then a whole planet. And then many planets. And then, of course, many solar systems, galaxies, and so on. That's called perspective. And I think our podcast lifts us above just the here and now. And I want people to think in terms of what this would look like 30 years ago and how absurd this world is and how absurd it's going. So we need to make a decision here as a, as a collective society. Are we willing to collapse? Are, and, and, and despite all the things that seem so right and wonderful and feel, and feel so darn good, like gay marriage, right? You know, because no doubt you know that gay couple that, that got married and, and they're just such a loving couple. You don't realize it in the context. And, and it might very well be, and we're not even talking about the propriety of gay marriage. We're talking about something far beyond that. Look, let, let's say that I'm totally for gay marriage. Let's say that, okay? okay? I could be on the fence of that. Let's say I'm totally for that. And let's say, let's say I were gay and I wanted that so badly, Okay? I don't think I would ever say, in addition, folks, I want everyone to perform the professional services that we talked about before, bakery, floral, photography, and the clergy has to do my service. What? I would never expect that. I just can't believe that most people would, would think that, but here we are. They've got people pushing this on behalf of gays. And lawyers, armies of lawyers just waiting Right. To attack. And they're, not gay, and they're not gay themselves. They're not gay themselves. They just see this as an opportunity. So please, folks, let's not, like I said, let's get perspective here. Let's not get lost in the weeds here of this situation. Understand what's really going on here. You are being used. Okay? As, as wonderful as you may think that gay marriage is, and it may very well be wonderful. But look what's happening. Look what they're doing with you in your name. In the name of rights, okay? This is, this is bad stuff. So the monster keeps on going forward, the, the rights monster, right? The, the progressive monster keeps on gobbling things up. And we just, we don't even see it coming. It's just happening right behind us. All of a sudden, you know, when you were just a good old-fashioned pastor who's, you know, out there in the country and, you, you know, you're performing uh, good things for, for God and, and for the community and you're helping people to... to um, Devote resources and charities to, to help out your neighbor and, and do food drives and, and blood drives and, and book drives and all those wonderful things that pastors do. All of a sudden, you're, you're a homophobe. All of a sudden, you're an evil, backward man. What happened? How sad is this? It's, it's like 
it's, you don't even have a chance to catch up with this progressive monster. It just, it just rolls over you like a big wave. I mean, I, I, sometimes you go to the beach, right? We all go to the beach. And you're, you pick up a shell. You're in the water, right? And you pick up a shell. You're looking at it. So that's really neat. And all of a sudden, whammo, a wave from behind comes up that's much larger than you expect it to be. And it slaps you up. And suddenly you're totally lost your balance. And you're tangling yourself with all sorts of crap in the, in the water, whether it's rocks or seaweed and such. You don't even know which way is up, which way is down. And then, and then you, at some point, after a lot of tossing and turning uh, and scraping, you get up and you're all wet and your sand is in your eyes and everywhere else. And you say, what happened? And, that's, that's, and, and the seashell, the beautiful seashell you were looking at is gone, of course. And uh, your whole orientation is off. You could, you could be really hurt, too. And that's what's happening to our culture. We're, we're just being slammed by these waves that we're not expecting. Now, if you think that's a good thing, by all means, uh, write me at uh, info at lurie-law.com. I'd be very curious to hear your impression of that, if you think that's a good thing. Or maybe you're just so disgusted with the whole edifice called America and its backward culture and backward infrastructure that you think that anything that undermines the structure is a good thing. But make no mistake, it's, it's undermining structure. And I, and I worry about that. It's, we are undermining, and, and I'm, this is not even gay marriage we're talking about now. You can, you can leave that aside if you like. But we can both agree that laws that are permissive with regard to incest, or even for that matter, just allowing it to happen, and to uh, somehow think it's no big deal, and polygamy, um, and other things like that, that that's destructive. You need to understand at least that. It's destructive to the family. And you need to also understand that the family, and I know there are diff different definitions for it, but the family is the key reason why we have a civilization in the first place. The last thing I'm going to talk about is, is another area where there has been this kind of movement afoot, and that is abortion, right? Roe v. Wade, it wasn't enough for the liberal community that they got a uh, seven to two decision in favor of a so-called right to abort. Very weird. It didn't, it's actually not in the Constitution. You don't have that right. Um, they don't even, you don't even have a right to privacy in the Constitution, but that was the theory under which they allowed a woman, you know, as a constitutional right. Never mind, it, it, it should have just been a legislative right, but instead they made it a constitutional issue. But I digress. It, it's, it's neither here nor there. But after they won that victory, they kept on pushing, didn't they? Now we've gotten to the point where uh, it's a, it's a God-given right to contraceptives, right? It's a, it's a God-given right to have an abortion, not just to allow them to have an abortion, but they, that the government itself and doctors must provide abortion services to them. You see how backwards this is? Yeah, you, you have more than just the right of finding it. We will provide it. Right. You, you're entitled to an abortion. Yes. And that is, as, as a constitutional right, this, this is how crazy it is. It's, and they keep on pushing and pushing for this. And then, uh, and then, of course, it feeds into the education system, and they teach children to even think this way. And then, of course, Obamacare is f flush with all sorts of abortion goodies as well. And that's how you get to this place. 
And it's it's kind of like uh, you know when I was in law school, one of the big hot and but hot button issues during the '80s is flag burning, right? Whether or not it was constitutional to allow flag burning, okay? And one could argue that certainly is constitutional to allow flag burning. And I remember Justice Brennan, who spoke uh, at school for us at UCLA. Uh, he was very passionate about the subject, and he said, you know, and he was a military man. He, he said this is one area that he really felt strongly about, that you should not be able to burn the flag. It was a, a horrific thing. He was very passionate about the subject, and I respect him for that. I really do. But I can, I can understand the argument that you should be able to burn a flag, as disgusting as I find that to be, because it's speech that I find contemptible, but I will defend that person's right to say, this is what I think of the American flag. Okay? Never mind that he's a contemptible person. Okay. But things have changed, haven't they? Now, actually holding the flag, just holding the flag itself or wearing it on your shirt is a violation of the law. That's how far we've come. You understand how upside down that is now? That those who are proud of being American, I mean, the flag burning example is, is that schmuck who's not proud of, uh, of a, being American. He doesn't under, appreciate America, but we protect his right to do it. Now they turn on us. If we dare to show the flag, that itself is an antagonistic moment which could be criminalized. That's how far we've gone. And that's another headline. I wish we'd, we wouldn't have to show ourselves in the year 1984, 30 years ago. Well, my friends, the uh, progressive monster just doesn't end. And now we, we're out of predictions. All we know is that there will be more crazy things happening. More and more of the polygamy, more and more of the incest. Just laws that, it, it won't even be laws necessarily, it'll be a turning a blind eye toward it. Simply saying, no big deal. Certainly, it'll be a lack of enforcement, right? We, we won't be able to say, oh my gosh, I, I see that uh, the two sisters are having a fling next door. And the police will say, eh, you know, no big deal. Who's going to prosecute that? I mean, it's one thing if you're talking about a, a father abusing a very young child. Okay. You know, and even then, we'll see what happens after that. But the two brothers... Brother and sister, no big deal. You know, as long as they're, you know, reasonably close in age and they're not otherwise violating the statutory rape laws, what's the big deal? Yeah, right? And they can get an abortion if they want to. They can, they can get contraceptives if they want to, right? It's all disgusting. And Ari's making that, the, the appropriately disgusted face. But that's what's going to happen. They, they're, they're just going to start not enforcing this stuff. And then the polygamy thing as well, right? No big deal. Ah, you know what? So what? Three people are getting married. Who cares? How does it hurt my marriage? That's such an easy response, right? But that's where we are, folks. They just keep on moving. And it's all because they're greedy. But more, more significantly, think of it like the mob. And there you have all the explanation that you need. Folks, this is Barack Lurie. This has been the Barclay Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. You can be the stone. Jesus from the dead. Who carries us?
Yeah.